You're listening to the Time to Thrive podcast, bringing you proven practical tips and strategies from a leading marketing expert. Are you ready to move your business out of survival mode? It's time to thrive. And now, here's your host, Bethany Meadows. Hey everyone, welcome to Time to Thrive. This is your host, Bethany Meadows. John Egan is a content creator and marketing strategist who believes the world needs more high quality writing. Could not agree more. Founder of Jawhawk Media, has been a content marketing entrepreneur since 2017. Prior to Jawhawk, he began his writing career in newspaper journalism, rising through several editorial positions before entering the content marketing business in 2010 as editor-in-chief at Bankrate Insurance. His clients include Forbes Advisor, Experian, Bankrate, and The Balance. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you so much. I'm excited you're here because we're going to talk about content marketing today, and that is one of my favorite subjects, probably second only to brand. I love talking about brand as well. Like always, we're going to have you pick a number between one and five so that we can get to know you just a little bit before we get into the practical, tactical world of content marketing. I'm going to pick four. Four. All right. Number four, what upcoming life event are you excited about? Well, I have to tell you, I'm excited about it. It's a little scary, but I have a big zero birthday this year. I'm going to be 60. So um, I'm trying to do a lot of fun stuff this year to just celebrate the whole year of hitting that milestone. That's that's a great thing. I have a friend who does that every year. It doesn't matter if there's a zero behind it or not. Um, So however many years she is, that's how many days she celebrates. So like when she turned 43, it was 43 days of celebration and she would try something new that she hadn't done before every single day. Well, this year I'm going on a cruise in around Croatia. I'm going to Portugal. I'm going to Japan and I'm going on a river cruise around Christmas to visit the Christmas markets in Germany. Wow. Yeah. This is going to be a year. I'm telling you, I'm I'm doing it up big. All right. Well, you you need to write a book. <laughs> I've written one, so <laughs> the year I turned sixty. It sounds like lots of great adventures. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we'll talk a little bit about your book today. Um, it, why? Let, when we get started, just getting a good handle on what content marketing is, and sometimes that's best answered by what it isn't. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of misunderstanding around it. So maybe we get started just by getting a a good handle on the definition of content marketing. So dovetailing off what you just said, content marketing is not traditional marketing. It's not advertising. It's not public relations. What it is, is a way to put content out there to build your brand, to build revenue, to build your brand's authority, all sorts of things that can help lift up your business. And so that could be podcasts, blog posts, videos on YouTube, any number of things to get your content out there so that you're drawing eyeballs and ears to your content and you're building your brand awareness. Right. And, you know, you know, we, we might, 
as a small business owner, we might think, well, that's great for the Coca-Colas and the IBMs, but I'm a small business owner. So why is content marketing just as important for a small business owner and entrepreneur? Well, chances are like Coca-Cola has Pepsi as a big rival. IBM has a number of big tech rivals. Well, your small business has competitors too. And so chances are at least some of those competitors are doing content marketing. So you don't want to be left out of the contest, so to speak, in terms of trying to get attention and trying to draw more customers and, and satisfying your current customers. So while it may be difficult for a small business to carve out time and energy and money to do content marketing, you could be leaving money on the table at the end of the day if you don't engage in some sort of content marketing. I agree. I agree. Um, your um, a good content marketing strategy really starts with one large form piece of content, right? And then you can take that content and kind of break it down into different ways and 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 use different channels to distribute it. Now, you've written a book and we see it in there in the background, which is awesome. Uh, the stripped down guide to content marketing. Uh, you share six ways to use content to create authority with current and future customers. Can can you walk us through what those six ways are? Well, I can't remember exactly what I said in the book, but <laughs> I can tell you that one of the ways you can do that is by promoting your content. And you've created the content, but what good does it do if you don't promote it and get people looking at it and listening to it, it just, it, it's like if you put together, a, if you painted a painting and nobody saw it, then the beauty of it is, is, is not being shared with anybody except maybe that's yourself. Right. So that's one thing. And then another thing is trying to uh, make sure that you're meeting your audience where they are. So, if your audience is big on TikTok, if your audience is big on YouTube, you need to be there. Mm -hmm. But you also need to find out if that's really where they are. And you do that by asking questions of your customers and your clients and finding out, you know, where do I need to put this content? And that will help drive what kind of content you have. Another thing you need to keep in mind is that you need to schedule it out so that you're being consistent with your content creation and promotion and not just doing it willy nilly. And, Oh, I feel like putting a blog post up today. Well, yes, that, that is a step in the right direction, but you really need to be consistent with it and have a calendar, have some sort of rhythm to what you do. So maybe you do mm -hmm. one blog post a week and two videos a week, and then you're posting cross-posting those on social media, uh, you need to figure out, you need to have a plan. So mm -hmm. those are three things um, for lack of knowing exactly what I wrote in my own book um, <laughs> that, that are important foundational things that businesses should do if they're trying to get traction with content marketing. Awesome. Well, there, you know, and what you said, I want to just circle back on a couple of things um, the first thing you mentioned was about sharing it. And I think one of the things that keeps people from sharing their content 
is that they, they have a desire to create the content, but then they get all insecure and imposter syndrome sets in and then, <laughs> then they feel weird about putting it out there. So that's a whole other show about how to kind of get over yourself. Um, you have something of value to share with the world. You're solving somebody's problem. You're, you're creating value. Um, they're, you know, you shouldn't feel uncomfortable in promoting that and putting that out there because if they don't hear it, they don't get the benefit of it. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think one of the things that's important to keep in mind is there are tools out there that can help you schedule your social media posting. Mm-hmm. I use something called Social Post, uh, but there are many tools out there that can help you manage your social media presence. So it doesn't have to be this laborious thing. You can schedule all of them in the period of maybe half an hour, and then you're good for an entire week or an entire month even. Although chances are you want to be scheduling more frequently to keep pace with the content you're creating on a regular basis. Right. And part of a a content marketing strategy is turning that content into different forms. So it might be a form that like, for instance, our show, um, we, it's audio, it's on the podcast platforms, it's on video on YouTube as well. And then we break it down into a blog post, we break it down into, uh, you know, graphics that go out on social media, we break it down to small one minute video segments that go out on social media. So the thing is why we do all of that instead of just saying, ah, audio, maybe a video, that's good enough, is because people all receive information in different ways. They all have different preferences on how they want to receive their information. Some people will take the time to sit down and watch a YouTube video where others are listening in the car while they run in between all the things that they're doing. Um, So that's why it's important to really think about, like, how can I present this information in all the ways that people are going to prefer to, to listen to it. I talk about this in my book. Um, it's funny. And it, it's, you, it sounds like you read my book, but you know what you're doing in terms of repurposing content and making sure that you're appealing to different ways that people learn. People are visual learners. People right. are audio learners. People are written word learners. And so you need to make sure that you're dispersing the content that you create and and not reinventing the wheel so that you're using maybe one large piece of content like a podcast and converting that into other formats so that you can appeal to the people who would rather listen to something. You can appeal to people who would rather watch a video. You can appeal to people who would rather read a blog post and Mm -hmm. I, I was mentally cheering you on when you were talking about how you repurpose content, because that is one of the big things that people need to remember is you've got to stretch your resources. And one great way of doing that is to repurpose your content so that one piece of content isn't just one piece of content. You can turn a blog post and, right. and convert maybe some of that into a script for a YouTube video or any number of other things that can stretch that content so that you're getting more value out of it. Yeah. I mean, you could just, from a blog, you could just take one sentence that has like a beautiful nugget in it 
and make it into a quote graphic and put that on social media, that's the kind of stuff that gets shared and can go a long way and get lots of exposure. Um, are you inside my head? I feel like <laughs> we, are definitely, brain, right? we are definitely on the same wavelength. And I will say in terms of quote graphics, one tool that I recently discovered and I absolutely love, and I'm not a paid spokesperson is Canva. Uh, Canva is awesome. You can do so many things graphically that you can do and it looks great and it looks like somebody professional designed it. And yes, you're a professional, but you're not a professional designer necessarily. So right. you can create great graphics, including those quote graphics you're talking about with a tool like Canva. There are others yeah. out there, but I'm just a big believer in Canva. Yeah. And the other great thing about Canva is that you can put all of your brand in there. Like once you upload and use your logo, it will pull the colors out of your logo and then you can, it, you know, just push a button basically and it will convert the graphic into your color scheme. For example, you can put in there what your um, font typefaces are and it will automatically convert the, the templates into that for you. So yeah, it's a great tool, especially, I mean, not everybody's a designer or has access to a designer. And I use Canva myself a lot and I'm, I run a marketing agency, but the reason I do is because it's just easier for me to do a quick graphic than it is to send it to my creative director and put it in the pipeline. She has more important things to do than to worry about this quick graphic that I need. So yeah, it's a great tool. Um, well, and also I think people who are mindful of their budget, may not want to hire outsource to a graphic designer. Right. I love graphic designers. I mean, they've done some great work for me, but sometimes, like you said, you need something quick and not overly complicated, like a quote graphic. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't make sense to outsource that or to hand that off necessarily to somebody else on your team when you could do it yourself. And trust me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> Well, one of the things I like about it too is I like creating series. So like even on um, our agency social media platform, I created the temp, you know, I created the, the design one time and then I just switched the quote out. So it creates that familiarity and, and so on. So that keeps it simpler too, because you can make about 20 of them really quick and then just schedule them once a week for the next five months, you know? And it, it, the, the nice thing about that too is when you when you talk about having the same color and the same look, that's part of your branding. And so right. it, it becomes more recognizable when it's consistent from day to day, week to week, month to month. Correct. Yes. I, you know, these days and we before we went on, uh, you know, live on the show, we were talking about just how coming through the pandemic and so on has really affected businesses. And you're located in Austin and I have some history in Austin and the restaurants that I mentioned have all closed down. And I, I think small business owners really are looking for ways to achieve their marketing goals on tighter budgets than ever before. And uh, we were just talking about, hey, use Canva instead of, you know, hiring a designer. There's ways to cut costs. What are some secrets to low cost or no cost content marketing? Well, first of all is learning about some of this yourself so that you can do it yourself. And that's not always easy in terms of time, 
But if you want to do content marketing right, if you want to get good results from it, then you need to commit that time, both in terms of creating the content and promoting the content. So picking up some, I mean, I, I was at a startup where I had zero budget and I was responsible for the content marketing. And I had to teach myself how to make infographics. Right. And if you had told me before I took that job, you're going to be designing infographics, I would have thought you're crazy. But you, can, you have to stretch your skill set and you have to push yourself. I, I have a story in my book about being afraid of heights. And then I went rappelling in Australia down cliffs and I got over that real quick. Hmm. So you've got to at least try it. And maybe, maybe you can hire an intern who is hungry for experience and is looking for something to put on their resume, who is great at graphic design or blogging or social media and tap into their expertise. Or maybe you've got somebody on your team already that you don't even know has some of these skills that maybe you can morph their role into something where they're doing part of what you need in terms of content marketing and part of what they were already doing. So there are creative ways to look at this. And another thing is getting back to Canva. There are so many inexpensive tools out there that can help you run a content marketing program and run it well. And you don't have to uh, beat your head against the wall trying to figure out how am I going to do this? And how am I going to do that? Chances are there's a tool out there that can help you. And Canva is a perfect example. I, you know, you could spin your wheels trying to use a more complicated design program to create graphics when Canva is there, it's inexpensive and it gives you great, attractive, shareable content that you produce for a lot less money. Yes. Sorry, my screen went blank there for a second. I was like, oh my goodness, what is happening? No problem. <laughs> you never know when you're uh, you know, recording a show what will happen. Um, you know, not everybody is comfortable. My go-to was a podcast because I had some experience doing a radio show a number of years ago. And so podcasting just felt very natural for me um, because it was something that I already had experience doing. But not everybody is comfortable doing a podcast or or even writing a book um and you recommend i think blogging as a basis for a lot of people uh for a content strategy can you outline really kind of the steps of what that really looks like i love the practical and tactical and i think a lot of times people you know who think that way like i do you know they sit there with their pen and paper and someone says okay let me break it down for you and they you know they take it that way so what, what would that look like if someone just wanted to put a blog out um, and use that as the basis for their content marketing strategy? So I devote an entire chapter in my book to blogging. And one of the things I talk about in there is making sure that you're blogging about what your audience cares about. They want to be informed, enlightened, engaged, entertained, and ultimately in many cases, what they're looking for is an answer to a question. So you need to figure out what questions you can answer for your customers. 
And that could be as simple as asking your customers, what's on your mind right now? What questions do you have about our product or service? You can ask your salespeople if you've got a small sales team at a small business, what questions are you getting from people you're talking to? When I worked at a self-storage uh, platform that helped people reserve space, part of what we did was sign up self-storage owners and operators to get on our platform. And talking to our salespeople helped inform me about what questions self-storage owners and operators were asking and trying to address that in the content we were producing for our B2B blog. So a lot of it has to do with figuring out, A, who your audience is, B, what do they want to know? What do they want to learn? And mm -hmm. C, how do you reach your audience? In the book, I talk about blogging about Lady Gaga's meat dress. She wore this meat dress to an award show a number of years ago. Well, you can write about Lady Gaga's meat dress, but unless you're a, a, a butcher, it might not make a lot of sense to do a blog post about that. Yes, you may get some traffic from it, but what benefit are you getting out of yeah, it? Yeah, it's not so the right traffic. You can't just blog about what you want to blog about. You need to be addressing what your audience cares about. And in order to figure that out, you need to ask your audience. But even before that, you need to figure out who is your audience. Right. I love that. And you know what? That's the that's the go-to question about almost every marketing strategy. <laughs> know your audience first. Uh, social media is pretty busy and crowded, um, and it's just getting even more so by the day. Um, what do you suggest business owners how, how do you suggest they use social media to cut through the noise and get their content noticed? Well, again, it goes back to knowing who your audience is and knowing where they are. So if you're a B2B company, you really need to be on LinkedIn because that's where B2B discussions go on. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is getting a bit of a resurgence too. Like it's, yes. Yeah. And oddly enough, a lot of the busy days now on LinkedIn are Saturday and Sunday because people are working from home more often. And so yeah. they, they are, they've maybe got a little more time on the weekend to do that sort of career professional search of information about what, you know, whatever they're looking for. Right. Um, but, you know, if you've got a lifestyle brand, maybe you need to be on TikTok. If you are trying to appeal to people if you're in a visual oriented business, you've got to do video. So it's, it, you know, you don't need to be on every platform. You need you don't need to be on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. The list goes on and on. Pick which ones you feel like are going to get the best results for you and you are going to yield the most benefit so that you're not just plastering your content all over the place and you're targeting which platforms you will put content on so that you're you're getting the biggest bang for your buck and your time. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you know, that kind of goes along with that quality is better than quantity. We're not just throwing a lot of stuff against the wall and hoping that it will stick. Uh, can you speak to that a little bit more about like the the importance of quality? And, and choosing things that really aligned with your brand and 
in an excellent way? Well, content reflects your brand. So you do not want to put content out there that is poorly created because that doesn't reflect well on your brand. Right. So you need to spend the time, however that looks, whether it's you, whether it's somebody else on your staff, whether you outsource it, need to spend the time to create the content and make sure it stands up to other content out there that's similar to yours. And you you know it, your business and you know from reading stuff about your industry, who's doing a good job at this. So kind of emulate them. Don't carbon copy what they're doing necessarily, but emulate them and figure out what are they doing right and how can we adapt that to our business. And, uh, you know, you can put lots of blog posts out there, lots of videos and so on, but quality is so much more important than quantity. And there's plenty of trash on the internet. We all know. We see it every day. There, some of the stuff I come across every day, I'm just appalled. It's like, somebody really published this? Yeah. Don't be that person. Don't be that The graphics got like two typos in it or, you know. (laughs) Well, and and there are some things that are even more glaring than that. I mean, it just, it's gobbledygook. You don't understand it because they used a service that creates content for like a penny a word or something. And you're not going to get the value you want if you Mm -hmm. try to go the super cheap route. Yeah. The AI created copy. Oh, AI is big. And I'm not, I wouldn't say dismiss that entirely. What I can say is that you can use that, for instance, to generate ideas, to try to maybe create an outline, but there needs to be, in my opinion, a human element to AI created content so that it, doesn't sound like everybody else's content out there. Right. And oddly enough, there was an article about a company that's been doing a lot of AI generated content. And now after they've they've published the content, it's being discovered that there are, that's littered with errors. And another thing that another, a a news outlet discovered in, in looking at the AI generated content from that specific company versus other content out there is that a lot of it sounded very similar. And in this article I read, they compared the AI generated content, one piece of it to something I wrote. Mm. I didn't even know they were going to do that. And there were a lot of similarities. I wouldn't necessarily say it was plagiarism, but it certainly had the same sound to it. But there are only so many ways you can describe certain things. So I'm not going to, I'm not all upset that somebody allegedly plagiarized my content because. Yeah, I, and, and copy isn't just about having copy. It's about having a voice. Right. And, right. And, you know, in a personality, you have a brand personality and humor goes a long way when we're writing a blog, you know, to, to make it entertaining as well as informative. Right. Um, and AI can't do humor because it doesn't understand sarcasm and <laughs> the nuances of humor. Um, you know, one of the things I wanted to touch on um, was SEO, search engine optimization, because blogging, whether it's your large form piece or an extension of another piece, um, 
it really gives a lot to your SEO on your website. Can you explain for the audience what SEO is and maybe give them some tips on how they can um, really get the best results uh, when they're putting their, their blog out there? Because I know there's you know some strategies for that. Sure. So search engine optimization or SEO is basically a way to lift your content in terms of where it ends up in search results. And when we talk about search results, the biggie is Google. However, people often don't give enough thought to the fact that YouTube is a search engine. Amazon is a search engine. Mm -hmm. Instagram is a search engine because people are searching for topics on all of those platforms. So in order podcasts now I've come up in SEO results. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's there's all sorts of stuff that's coming up in, in search engine results these days, press releases, uh, posts from colleges and universities. You know, it's much broader than it used to be. So what you need to think about is, the keywords and by keywords, I mean, what are people typing in about that topic in order to find information about that topic? So let's say, let's go back to Lady Gaga. If you, if you want to drive people to a post about Lady Gaga's meat dress, you probably need to have something along the lines in your content, but not overdo it that says Lady Gaga's meat dress or whatever. There are tools out there that you can use to figure out keyword strategies. Google has a tool, for instance, and there are lots of other ones. Right. And it would be like crazy fashion, viral fashion, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't pretend to be an SEO expert. That's why in the book and in my life, I've leaned on people who are far better at figuring out SEO strategies. And that's one thing that you want to keep in mind is, you know, you don't have to do it yourself. And there are ways to try to build and and polish your content marketing with SEO, for instance, and not have to become a wizard at SEO. You can learn enough of the basics about SEO to get by, But if you're serious about search engine optimization and using the right keywords and key phrases, and then there are secondary keywords, there are all sorts of uh, approaches and and things you need to think about in SEO that might not necessarily come to you naturally. And so it may be that you need to get help. It may be a one-time thing where it's like, what keywords do we need to be using in content at our business? And that can that can go a long way toward informing then what you need to be putting out there in terms of content, whether it's blog posts, podcasts, videos, and, and other types of content. So as we wind down the episode, can you share one or two, you know, takeaways that you really hope the audience will take action on? Um, it, people don't always remember the whole episode. So what would you pull out that you really hope that they heard and will take action on in their business? Well, I don't know if I said this directly, but I touched on it. And that is don't try to do everything and be everything. Do a few things. Well, not a whole bunch of things in a half-assed way. 
So don't, don't try to be on every social media platform. Don't try to create every kind of content. Pick the ones that are going to resonate most with your audience that you know that they are going to gravitate toward when they're looking for content. And then do those and do those well. And then pick the platforms on social media where you know you're going to get traction with that content. Right. Another thing that I I may have touched on, but I, I think is very important is don't be afraid to experiment. And that could be experiment with a new tool that can help you design quote graphics, for instance, or a new type of content. Or maybe you want to experiment with AI generated content. But here's the key. Don't belabor the point. And if it's not working, give yourself some time to figure out whether it's something, an experiment that is going to yield results and that you need to stick with it. But if it's not working out, fail quickly. Don't, you know, agonize over it and go on and on and on trying to figure out, okay, how can I make this better? There's not enough time in the day to let something like that draw, uh, bring down your content marketing strategy. You don't want to drag it down by focusing too much on what's not working and leaving the other things at the side that actually could be yielding far better results that you're already doing. Yeah, I think one of the the big takeaways that I would hope the audience hears as well is that the comment you made about having a plan. I oh, yeah. You know, inside our Time to Thrive membership, I'm, I, I teach, you know, how to have a 90-day marketing plan, how to have a annual business success plan. Like we were, we talk about planning all the time, training planning all the time. I think one of the biggest problems that so small business owners and entrepreneurs have is they keep their plan in their head. Um, and that means that it changes on a whim. Um, the salesman comes in and, you know, gives them a pitch and now suddenly the plan is that. Um, and so a plan can really be the guardrails that keep you in your lane. And I think in this case, as far as a marketing strategy goes, a content marketing strategy, you know, having a plan helps you be consistent because you have put it on your calendar. You have put it in writing. You have committed to yourself. I'm doing this, you know, this many times a week and this many times a week. And you have it written down. Um, if you don't write it down, it will change. Um, and I, I would put an addendum on that. And that is and I talk about this in the in my book as well, where a lot of companies had to pivot during the uh, pandemic. And right the kind of content they were producing before the pandemic came, came along had to change in many cases during the pandemic because people were searching for different types of information. And so a plan, whether it's maybe you have a six month plan for the content you're going to be creating and, you know, a blog post this day about such and such and a video this day about such and such. Well, life happens and the pandemic happened and that upended a lot of people's plans. So don't be afraid of changing your plan, especially if there's something out there in the universe that's going on that is just an overriding 
factor in what's happening with your business and your customers. Yeah. Well, the world is moving more quickly than it ever has. Um, I remember, you know, 25, 30 years ago, we were doing five and 10 year plans. You can't do that anymore. Now we do like, that's why I teach a 90 day marketing plan with 30 day cycles. So you are reviewing and tweaking and changing every 30 days based on the results that you've had in those 30 days, because the world is changing. Uh, just even the access to, as you say, experiment with tools, the access that we have, there's a new tool every day. There's a well, new something every day. And you've got to take into consideration things like AI, the company that did this chat GPT bot that is getting so many headlines and, and generating so much discussion, even the people at the company are shocked at how quickly this tool took off. You don't know from day to day what the next big thing is going to be. Right. The other thing you're seeing, for instance, is a dwindling audience for certain platforms. Uh, Facebook may be losing members or TikTok may be losing members. You know, it can it can turn on a dime. And, you know, another thing to keep in mind, too, is TikTok may end up going away because it's owned by a Chinese company. And there's a lot of uh, pushback in the United States about the control that a Chinese company has over content in our country. And so you need to be able to figure out what the what's the next thing or what is out there now that I need to be paying attention to that could replace what I'm putting on TikTok. Mm -hmm. or place. To, I mean, Twitter is, you know, going through all sorts of issues right now. And there are competitors cropping up. Well, do you need to be on one of their competitors? Is Twitter really doing you that much good? You need to review those things. Because as you said, things move quickly. And from one day to the next, you know, it could be Twitter's out of favor. And now there's shiny new object in in the universe <laughs> in terms of what's great on social media. Right. And all learning is good learning. And, you know, so even if we make a leap into what we think the next direction is, and it turns out, you know, as you say, fail quickly, I, I interviewed someone who did, he was self-proclaimed uh, the failure guy. Um, and he, in his uh, phrase was fail it till you nail it. Um, <laughs> which I really love. Um you know, so I think that you you don't be afraid to 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 do, just go for it. I mean, if you see something that you think is the next, jump in. Um, if it's not the next, you get you have all that learning that you can apply to the next thing that you apply it to. So, and I would I would tweak your guest's phrase, fail it, or excuse me, um, fail it until you nail it. Is that what he said? Yeah. I would say fail it until you nail it or you put a nail in it. <laughs> I like that too. Yeah. yeah. Because it can't just be, oh, I nailed it. So great. I, I'm not failing anymore. You know, sometimes you have to put a nail in it and say, okay, we're done. That that didn't work. And let's see what we can learn from this and move on. Perfect. Well, I, you know, where can people connect with you and where can they get your book? So Amazon is a great place to get the book, which is called The Stripped Down Guide to Content Marketing. And it's available in paperback, hardback, 
and ebook. And then I, I had in my head, I'm doing an audiobook version of it. Actually, I, I hired somebody to do the voice work. So that'll be coming out soon and available through that's Amazon. How I, that's how I consume my books. That's why I decided to do it because a lot of people do like listening to books rather than reading mm -hmm. a paper version of it or an electronic version of it. And they can also visit my website, which is johnegan.net. And you can find information there about me. You can connect with me on there. And oh, by the way, there's a way to buy my book on there. Perfect. All right. Thanks, John. I think this yeah. was great. We have lots of um, practical, tactical tools and things that people, small business owners, entrepreneurs, real estate agents, anybody can apply to their business and um, move themselves forward. I appreciate you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode of the Time to Thrive podcast, check out our other resources for business owners and entrepreneurs at timetothrivemembership.com. Running a business is more challenging than ever before. Time to Thrive is where you can get marketing training, group coaching, and community support. Visit timetothrivemembership.com to learn more.